As season four comes to a close, which is what it will do at the end of today's show, I find myself thinking about connections. I started the Chef-Timony podcast a few years ago to maintain my connection to the culinary world after I stopped working in that industry professionally. Now I am back to lawyer, office life, which is great in many ways, but I rely on Chef-Timony to keep me connected with the food scene. What has surprised me, though, is the sheer number of amazing connections I've been lucky to make through putting this show together. In speaking with other podcasters, we agree on one key point. We get to have these amazing conversations with great people that would just not happen if we weren't podcasting. So today, I'm expressing gratitude for podcasts, for podcasters, for connections, for new friends, gratitude for, and you knew this was coming, a full show talking about Las Vegas. Talking to chefs, and sometimes lawyers, but always to people who love food. You're listening to the Chef Demoni Podcast. Here's your host, Graham McLennan. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Chef Timoni podcast. I'm really excited to be here for this season four finale, and I hope that you are too. If you're new to the show, Chef Timoni is a podcast all about food, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's my way to stay connected to the culinary world now that I'm no longer cooking professionally. Over the years, I've had the delight of eating and even cooking quite a bit in Las Vegas, and it is hands down my favorite city to visit. And today, the show is all about the Vegas food scene. And it's all about connections, friends new and old, and I can't tell you how happy I am that so many people took the time to contribute to today's episode. Okay, so what is ahead on the show today? Well, originally I was going to co-host this episode with my friend Chris from the Faces and Aces Las Vegas podcast, but he has stepped back a little from podcasting, and in doing that, Chris put me in touch with another great podcaster, and you are going to hear from her soon. This is Karen from the 360 Vegas podcast. Not only does Karen love Las Vegas, not only does Karen love food and restaurants and sharing culinary experiences with friends, Karen lives in Las Vegas with her husband, Mark, who is also a key part of the 360 Vegas podcast. And Karen, of course, therefore gets to eat in Las Vegas all the time. Heaven. You're going to hear a little today about 360 Vegas, and I absolutely recommend you check it out for weekly views on what's what in Vegas. Karen and I talked today about her new hometown. She and Mark have been there for three years now, and we dive into great places to visit, both on the famous Las Vegas Strip, of course, and in some other neighborhoods, notably downtown and Fremont East. And Karen and I welcome some great guests to the show today. As it turns out, all of today's guests are podcasters, and they all have great Vegas food stories to share. You are going to hear from Christy Totten, who now does the Name Drop San Diego podcast for the Union Tribune in San Diego, but who has also done some Vegas-specific podcasting in her day. That was the Spicy Eyes podcast all about food and culture in Las Vegas that Christy produced with her podcasting partner, Sonia Swanson. I keep hoping that they are going to surprise us with another episode, even though Christy is now living in California. So, Christy and Sonia, just saying, your Spicy Eyes audience is here. Longtime listeners, you will remember Christy as my co-host on episode 17 of Chef Demoni when Christy and I went to Black Sheep Las Vegas to interview Chef Jamie Tran. 
Also today, you're going to hear from my episode 51 guests, Lorraine Moss and Louis Victa of the Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone podcast. I tell you, between Louis, Lorraine, and now Karen, I am completely convinced that I must go to Bizarre Meat in the Sahara when I next visit Vegas. You'll hear plenty about the food and the experience at Bizarre Meat today. Finally, you are going to hear from Kelly and Julian from the Vegas Confessions podcast. Julian kindly joined me on episode 22 of the show, and I'm really grateful that he and his wife Kelly accepted the invitation to come back today. Again, podcasting is all about these great connections, and those connections happen because people are so giving of their time. So my thanks to all of the podcasters and the guests and all the Vegas enthusiasts and the food lovers. They're all the same people who joined to make today's show possible. Here comes episode 55 of Cheftimony, which I'm delighted to bring you, along with my co-host for the day, Karen from the 360 Vegas podcast. Karen, thank you so much for joining me. As I said in the intro to today's show, I'm really happy to be in touch with you, another Vegas-loving podcaster and a Vegas-loving podcaster who loves the food scene at that. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for being on Cheftimony. Thank you. I am so excited to do this. Talking about food is my favorite thing to do. So I am ready to dive in and, and keep going. <laughs> awesome. Well, we and we are. We're going to hear from some other Vegas-loving, food-loving people today. But before we get to the, the food and the restaurants, the Vegas dining scene, and of course, to your show, the 360 Vegas podcast, which I do want to hear about and want my listeners to hear about directly from you. Let's start with a simple question that honestly, I st- still struggle to answer. And I think I struggle to answer <laughs> it because for people like you, people like me, and many of our mutual friends not even really a question. The answer is like, well, of course, or why are you asking me that question? But here is the simple question. Why do you love Las Vegas as much as you do? You know, it's funny because I get that question a lot, especially since we moved out here. People are like, why would you move to Vegas? And my response is, why would you not? Um, (laughs) I I (laughs) I love Vegas because anything that you want to do, uh, whatever your interests are, you can find it out here and and you can find a way to indulge in it to experience it whether it's food music um, sun skiing there's so many things that you can do out here in vegas that it just why not like you said like why would you not move out here it's crazy (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I was going to ask you this a little bit later, but let's let's bump up this question. How how long have you been living in Vegas, and what is that like? Like when I think of it, and I sometimes daydream about living in Vegas, and it's just Shangri La <laughs> in my mind. But of course, that's because I tend to go for three and four days at a time, and I'm always on vacation, and I'm always having fun. Yep. So maybe it's not like that when you live there. I don't know. So please tell no, us. No, it's it's not like that when you live here. <laughs> I, we've been here, it was actually three years last week, which is funny because it seems like it's been a lot longer and it seems like it hasn't been that long, both at the same time. You know, living in Vegas is like living anywhere else. It's a city, it's a town. You know, the, the only difference is you have, when you decide you want to go see a show or go eat at a fancy place or something like that, it's only a 20 minute drive to get to wherever you want to go. I mean, I lived in the suburbs of Chicago for quite a while. And the only time we ever went downtown was when somebody came in to visit 
because it was such a pain in the ass to get down there. Get there. Yeah, it it, it really was. It was a good 45 minute hour drive. And then you had to find some place to park that was ungodly expensive and da 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 da. You have all of those same things. You have the concerts, you have the food, you have the now we're getting sports in for those that like sports ball. And it's 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour on a bad traffic day. So, um, but living in Vegas is like living anywhere else. It's actually a normal city, a normal town with normal stuff to do. And that's what I, I don't think people get. I didn't get before we moved out here, which is why I right. fought moving out here for so long. Because <laughs> <laughs> you thought, thought you were going to be living in the middle of the casino I, scene. I did. You know, Mark had been harassing me to move out here. And I was always like, no, no, not happening. Not doing it. Nobody lives in Vegas. I am not living in Vegas. What are you talking about? And it wasn't until, again, we were coming out here so often and I had chances a chance to meet people that actually live here. Most notably, my friend uh, at Raising Las Vegas on Twitter. She is awesome. But, you know, she's out here and she's raising two kids. And I'm like, who who has kids in Vegas? Like In this Vegas? Is, what? How does that right? Work? I thought you were all like, and, and you don't, you know, I mean, you learn that they don't teach you how to deal with blackjack at age 10. They don't. It, it's... It's just like anywhere else. It is. It really is. And that's that's the funny part that I think a lot of people don't get. Fair enough. Now, now I just learned this. I want to talk a little bit, I guess, about working in Vegas, too. So I just learned this uh, from episode, I love this, from episode 370 of, of 360, the 360 Vegas <laughs> podcast, that you have a new job. Now, I know that you work with numbers. I know that you've done financial planning in your career, but you've yeah. got a new position at Blackstar Hospitality. Please tell us about that. And and tell us how this is. I'm, I'm curious. It sounds like you've got history in the hospitality world because this is bringing you, I think, bringing you back into the hospitality realm. So here's what's kind of funny. I spent uh, more than 20 years working for McDonald's corporate, which a lot of people don't think of McDonald's as a restaurant. They are. They, they, they really are. are. <laughs> and, you know, I, well, I left McDonald's when we moved out here. And the job market in Vegas is a little different. It was pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, pandemic, it's even more, you know, crazy. And it, so after about a year and a half or so of being out here, um, I started working as a financial advisor, which my first day, like literally the day that I got my license was March 23rd of 2020, which was the worst day of the stock market here in the U.S., Ever and not day to start a financial advisor position, especially when it's based on you know meeting people, and we were in lockdown and couldn't do that. So, you know, I I did that for a while, and I I really enjoyed it. Like once I had a chance to actually sit down and, and meet with people and talk with them, I enjoyed it, but not. I don't know. It was just, it was very stressful for me. And then out of the blue, a recruiter called me for this Blackstar position and it just seemed to fit. So Blackstar owns one restaurant concept called uh, El Dorado Cantina. It is an authentic Mexican restaurant. They have three locations here in Vegas and they're getting ready to open another one in Dallas. And then they also are a franchisee of Sugar Factory. So the new one that's getting ready to open on the strip on Harmon in the old Twin Peaks location. And then we're opening one next week in New York and we've got one in Miami getting ready to open a couple more there. So they're opening a bunch across the country. So it it really was a chance for me to just kind of get back to what I know, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, working with restaurants. So it's been a crazy week and a half since I've been there. 
Wow, it's but very new. It's very new. It's very, very new. Yeah. But I'm loving it so far. And I, I feel better. So, you know, when you go to work, there's some days that you just dread going in and other days that you're like, all right, let's jump in and, and see what I get to do. I was dreading going into work in my last job. This I'm excited about. I can't, I mean, it's a mess. It, it is such a mess. It's not even funny, but it's a fun mess. So what a fun yeah. Mess. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, congrats. And, and thank you. And, and, and welcome back to hospitality <laughs> and to be a part of the Vegas hospitality scene is so. Yeah. 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 Appealing. I'm jealous, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so well, you know, if here, you want to move down here and we might, you know, need a lawyer or something. Yeah. I might, I might be able to help okay. you out with that. We'll see. Right. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not yet moving. That'll be a discussion with my wife moving to Vegas, but I'm <laughs> not doing that. But I can say revealing some new information here very recently on Friday night after work, I actually clicked uh, send or confirm or register or whatever it was and have booked hotels and flights for a very Vegas Christmas. So we will be coming yay. for, yay, yeah, for now subject to travel plans, yeah. but hopefully those will be sorted. I'm, I was willing to roll the dice on, on booking this trip and we did. So we're going to be there for close to a week. I'm not sure my <laughs> wife yet realizes what that's going to be like, but anyway, we'll be there close to a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, going to spend some time downtown, some time on the strip. Any, I mean, we're going to get into other restaurants and, and neighborhoods when we hear yeah. from our guests today, but anything come to mind? Like there, are there any new must sees or places that you're loving right now, either downtown or on the strip? Well, so I don't know when the last time was you were in town. I'm guessing it's it been was, a minute. It has yeah, November of 2019. Okay. So definitely downtown. You have to go check out Circa. I mean, it's, it's brand new. It's beautiful. The the table limits are a little high, but that's kind of the new norm in Vegas. From a food standpoint, I, I always hesitate to promote this because, you know, Vital Vegas, all he talks about is 8 East. It's yes. it's worth going. It's, it's worth really okay. good. It, it, it's really good. And it's reasonably priced. And um, just, just don't get the fried rice Vital Vegas style. Like, I refuse to do that out of principle because I, I love Scott. He's a, a really good friend. He is not a foodie, and it bugs no, me every and, time. <laughs> yeah, and in his defense, nor does he pretend to be, right? Like, he uh, no, acknowledges he, his limits. I think he does, but every so often people are like, well, you know, Vital Vegas, I want your opinion before I go try something. And I'm like, he's he's not he's not a food guy. Don't no. No, don't take his word for it. Don't I, do it. Don't do it. I mean, we have I have a whole funny story with uh, Bizarre Meat that we could talk about later and him. But, yeah, no, it's just... I intentionally, well, I've only been to 80, 8 East once and it was awesome. But I, I told the server, I'm like, I'm intent, I'm getting the fried rice, but I'm not getting it Vital Vegas style. And the server laughed. Like, so he's, he's made an impression. Like they, they know who he is. They know what he's doing. Um, sure. And but yeah, for no, anybody uh, who doesn't follow Scott, Vital Vegas style, I think this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the brisket fried rice. Yep. And then he adds chicken skewers, yes. but hold the sticks so the chicken meat is off the skewers and presumably just mixed in with everything else. Yeah, it, it's, it's that's pretty much what he does. He started with the skewers and then just started adding them in, and now they add them in for him. But yeah, the brisket fried rice is delicious. I, I will say that. And I can't remember. We had probably six or seven different dishes when we were there and they were all awesome and delicious. So I don't think you can go wrong. So I would definitely re- recommend that. The other thing, if you haven't been downtown in a while, Ferguson's 
is really kind of, you know, coming into its own. They've added a couple of restaurants down there. So I would recommend giving that a try. And where, just where is that? I can't picture it. It's further down uh, Fremont. So okay. Fremont East, go past yes. Container Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's past there. It's an old motel that they've turned into just kind of this event space. They've got a lot of small businesses open up in there, but they've got a couple of, of really good restaurants. Of course, the names are escaping me at the moment, but I, I've eaten at one of them. Again, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's, it's just kind of cool and fun. And I love that this whole revitalization is still happening, even without Tony Shea, which we'll talk about later. And with the whole pandemic, there's still so much happening downtown and in the arts district. Yes. It's, it's really... It's fun to watch. It's uh, yeah. I can't wait to get back again, both to the strip. I mean, I love the strip, but I'm loving downtown more and more these days. So really excited to check it out. Now let's talk a little bit about podcasts and to, to, to ease into this topic, I should say thanks to our mutual friend, Chris from the faces and aces Las Vegas podcast, because he and I were originally going to record this show. And he's now stepped back from podcasting a little bit, but very kindly put me in touch with you and you very kindly agreed to be here. So thanks to Chris. <laughs> thanks to you. for Definitely thanks to Chris. For Chris. Yeah, I, I was so flattered when he reached out and he was like, Hey, I think this might be, you know, up your alley and something that you'd have fun doing. And I, I'll be honest, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't have a kind of a life or a job where I can pay attention. Like I could put stuff on in the background, but I'd, I'd never hear it. So I, I don't listen to a ton. When Chris approached me, approached me about doing this, I did, you know, of course I had to check you out and what the podcast was. And I, I love, I love your passion for food. I love your premise of you look, I have a career like a day job, but you went and worked on a line and not just in any kitchen, but in a, a really good kitchen, which is a scary thing to do. And I, I give you so much credit for that. And I think it speaks to your love of food and your love of what being in a restaurant is about. So uh, I immediately was like, yes, I want to do this. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for all of that. And, and please tell us a bit about 360 because you with your, your team are uh, (laughs) a long, long term Vegas podcaster to what's for those who don't know what is 360 uh, Vegas all about? You know, 360 Vegas is really Mark's project. He started it a little more than 10 years ago. Uh, The regular show is basically three friends, Mark, Tony, and I hanging out talking about Vegas, adding our two cents in and just trying to make each other laugh. What's really, I think, is most amazing is what Mark does with the Patreon subscribers. If you are a fan of Vegas history, I'm not kidding. Mark knows more about Vegas history than anybody I've ever met. And I've met a UNLV professor or two. But he does a a whole uh, vintage Vegas series about the different properties and and how they started and who owned them and when. And also with the the Patreon, you get, you know, Tony's recently started doing these uh, cocktail lounge things that have been pretty popular. So the regular show is just us hanging out, having a good time. If you want more detailed info into Vegas, the Patreon subscription is for seven bucks a month. Honestly, you get a crap load of stuff. Like Mark has, he's got stuff pre-posted for like the next two years. So Wow. Knock on wood, okay. if something happens uh, and he gets hit by a bus tomorrow, you're still going to get still, still new content. You may not get a regular show, but you'll get Patreon stuff. It's still going to come out. So. Okay. Well, very cool. You know what? I have not checked out the Patreon, but I think I may have to. And my 
<laughs> My wife will be delighted that I've found a source of yet more Vegas content. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We've done a really good job of converting wives who okay. um, did not have any interest in Vegas, myself included, uh-huh. to uh, get to appreciate Vegas and, and everything it has to offer. So it, if you know you're having a little trouble there, we might be able to help out. <laughs> okay, terrific. We may need may need an intervention when we're there in December. Well, oh, just... absolutely. If you if you can make it here, and I, I pray and hope that you can, please let us know. I um, absolutely. If nothing else, you and I are going to go find someplace fun to eat. Of and, course. Uh, you know, we'll we'll show you guys around and, and have a good time. Okay, that's great. Um, last question before we dive into the uh, into the clips. Tell us a, a bit about 360 Vegas Vacation, because in speaking of visiting Vegas, this is something that your team has put together for, for a whole bunch of people. I don't even know how to describe it. It's really just a meetup of a lot of really awesome people that love Vegas. And it's it's changed over the years. You know, when I, I jokingly said we've converted a lot of wives, Vegas Vacation is one of the ways that we've done that. One really good friend of ours, he always wanted to come out to Vegas. His wife never wanted to come out and he convinced her to come out to a Vegas vacation. And I think they only showed up for maybe like one or two of the scheduled events. And she is now a regular. She looks forward to coming out. She's our unofficial photographer. It, it, It is just Honestly, we have met so many awesome people doing these meetups that, you know, we, we have a schedule of events. It usually runs Sunday to Tuesday. Sometimes we don't make it to all of the events because wherever we are, we're having a good time and we don't, we don't move. Right. But that's Vegas. It's, it's just been incredible. And the last one, we had our 10th one uh, in June, which was crazy because it had actually been, we've been planning it for close to two years. Obviously with the pandemic and everything shutting down, it, it kept getting pushed and getting pushed. And we had an awesome turnout probably, I don't know, 40 to 50 folks that were there. And it just, it was so much fun. It was so nice to see everybody when we were still maskless. We're not anymore. Right. Um, But it it just, it's a fun time. It's a chance to just go to Vegas and hang out with friends. And hang out. Sounds wonderful. And so welcome these days, right? When we haven't been able to do that in so long. It was so nice to see so many, you know, like old friends that we've seen so many times before, but we had, I remember, you know, one guy, his name is Mike. He literally booked his Vegas vacation trip like three days before and just wow. decided, Hey, I'm, I'm coming out. Like he was a new listener. He'd only started listening to us and he started halfway through like our catalog. Like he started like episode 150, 160 okay. and, and worked his way I, up. Because again, we've had 370 episodes, but he started seeing stuff on Twitter about, you know, people were coming out and he's like, what's happening? Like he didn't really even know what it was. So we sort of jumped ahead and, and saw we were doing the meetup and like literally booked it three days out and, and came out. And I think he said he had a great time. It was awesome to meet him. It, it just, it amazes yeah. me that people come out to Vegas just because they know we're, you know, having a meetup. Cause to me, that's still weird. <laughs> I don't understand why people do that, but I'm, I'm grateful that they do. <laughs> sure. Well, that's what's so great about these things and podcasting. I think generally like, like we obviously to state the obvious wouldn't be having this conversation absent podcasts, right? Like right. It, it just leads to great stuff. So it does. It does. Um, We've met the best people um, and the most amazing friends. I mean, Chris, like we were just talking about from faces yeah. and aces is, is one of those situations. Like, I, and again, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm fortunate that I have like the halo effect of, <laughs> 
<laughs> what Mark does is 360 Vegas. But yeah, it, it's you, you are able to find people that you have something in common with. And usually I always joke and say, like, our show is a great friend filter. If you can listen to the show and not hate us, then come on out, you know. Come on out. You'll, yeah. You might enjoy spending time with us. <laughs> exactly. We might get along. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to our craziness on a weekly basis. Yeah, we, we might get along. Love it. Well, let's get to some other, really some other podcasters, our friends who kindly called in with some clips. We're going to start with Christy Totten. Christy's a good friend who's kindly, as many uh, have, I think everybody today has been on Chef Demoni helping me out. And Christy and I actually had a great co-hosting gig. We talked to Chef Jamie Tran at Black Sheep in Vegas. Is she as nice as she seems? She she certainly She's she is absolutely wonderful. We went there at it was early, well not early, but Vegas early. So say ten o'clock uh, one Sunday morning, I think it was, and okay. we did the interview. And then Chef wouldn't let us leave without offering to pour us some because a, a buddy of mine from Vancouver was with me. He's really into bourbon. I don't know if I had said that, but anyway, Chef was pouring these little samples of these amazing bourbons for us. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, this is so nice." It's a little early, but we are in Vegas, and so it's uh, it's always a good time in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, again, a part yeah. of living here. Yeah, she just she seems. And I'm sorry, we'll get back to, sure. to Christy. But yeah, Jamie, I obviously was watching Top Chef this last season. Yes. She was on there. And she's just so happy and bubbly. And she just seems so genuine that yes. I haven't had a chance to meet her. Honestly, I haven't made it to Black Sheep yet, which I'm ashamed to say. But yeah, she, she just seems awesome. She really is. And I think she's she is part of and leading a, a new trend in the culinary industry that needs to happen and needs to accelerate, which is to say women in leadership roles and just changing the dynamic in kitchens from the old, yeah. you know, screaming pot throwing. And she, and she talks about that when uh, on the episode that she did with me and Christy about, you know, she just doesn't run her kitchen that way. Yeah. And uh, it's better. So yeah, super glad to have met her and super glad she's doing what she's doing. Yes. Um, now, Christy used to do the Spicy Eyes podcast with Sonia Swanson in Vegas. Unfortunately for Spicy Eyes fans like me, they've they've stopped doing that. Christy is now in San Diego. I keep fingers crossed that they will, you know, surprise us with an episode of Spicy Eyes again <laughs> at some point. But right. Christy is now doing the Name Drop Name Drop podcast in San Diego, and uh, she's working for the Union Tribune there. Now, one thing we should note is that Christy recorded her clip for us before the the tragic death of Tony Shea. Uh, she yeah. talks a little bit about Tony in her clip, so everybody should just be aware of that. But let's let's go to let's go to Christy now. Hi everyone, this is Christy Totten. Um, currently, I make podcasts for the San Diego Union Tribune, but before this, I was a producer at Nevada Public Radio, and I also made Spicy Eyes, a podcast about food and culture in Las Vegas with Sonia Swanson. My favorite restaurant, ah, that's really hard, and especially that I'm in San Diego now, I miss so many, but I think I'm going to go with M&M Soul Food Cafe. So there are two locations in town, one on the west side, one right on Las Vegas Boulevard across from the stratosphere. And I love it because it's just really great soul food. 
They give you cornbread pancakes while you wait. They have phenomenal oxtails if you've never had sort of Southern style oxtails with gravy. It's a lot like pot roast, really just sort of juicy and delicious. Um, they also have really great chicken and waffles, especially their waffles, which are really cinnamony and amazing. And so for years when I lived in Las Vegas, that was a birthday tradition that sort of the night after we all went out, uh, we'd all gather again and go to Eminem Soul Food Cafe. So I really miss that. Vegas food experience. Let's see. I think the only food experience that's that I could have only had in Las Vegas. Years ago, when I was a staff writer at Las Vegas Weekly, one of my first feature stories was I spent a week living in Tony Shea's Airstream Park in downtown Las Vegas. And if you're not familiar with that, um, Tony Shea is the former CEO of Zappos, uh, you know, the, the shoe and sort of clothing online real retailer. And um, yeah, so I spent a week living there. It had a bunch of Airstreams, a bunch of tiny houses, a communal kitchen, other really, you know, interesting shared living space, llamas wandering around, and also just like always interesting people um, cycling through the park. And so during that time, I ate some food that Tony Shea cooked. <laughs> it's actually the scene I opened my story with. It was like I forgot the generation, but he called it like a th second or third or fourth generation soup, meaning that there had been earlier iterations, but he just sort of kept the soup infinitely going by adding more broth and more ingredients. I think it was a kimchi soup and uh, it was actually pretty good. So yeah, Tony Shea can cook. And finally, um, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Christy T. It's K-R-I-S-T-Y underscore T-E-A. Um, you can also find our podcast spicy, at Spicy Eyes Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you're interested in the ones I'm working on here in San Diego, uh, one of them is Hello Gen Z and the other is Name Drop San Diego. Thanks so much to Graham and Chris for including me in this project. I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. So M&M Soul Food Cafe, it sounds amazing based on Christy's description. Have you, I have not been. Have you been, Karen? I haven't. Um, I've heard of it and I've seen it, but I, I haven't made it there yet. I get a little concerned sometimes out here in Vegas when they especially start doing like U.S. regional cuisines because, and I, again, I, I've lived and worked in the, the Mid-South South area. So I've, I've had some really good soul food. So I, I get a little nervous trying them. They're not usually my, my first on a go-to, but, you know, hearing her recommendation of it, it's, it's going to move up my list. Okay, good. Well, I, we, we can both try <laughs> it and then, and then uh, regroup and see what we thought. Maybe talk a little bit about, about Tony Shea. It's, it's such a state the blindingly obvious, a tragedy that, that yeah. uh, he is now gone, that, that Vegas has lost him because he really was a visionary and really, I, I, I mean, I don't know Vegas history that well, but it seems that he would be one of the key pieces to the development that continues to go on downtown and on Fremont. now. He will be, uh, you know, his, his impact downtown is, I mean, immeasurable almost. I mean, I remember when we were first coming out here, like you couldn't, they basically said, don't ever leave the canopy if you were downtown because the canopy was the safe place and any place outside of that, you didn't want to go. Not, yeah. And he changed that. I mean, he, you know, took over the old, was it city hall? I forget what, what building the Zappos building was, but it, you know, he, he moved his entire company down there and he bought up so much property and did so much from a revitalization and renovation standpoint that yeah in in the long term he's he's going to be known as having a huge impact on 
making downtown Vegas what it is. His loss, it's it's going to have a big impact going forward. But um, I think it's awesome that she actually had a chance to eat something that he made, which is so cool. <laughs> so absolutely, I agree, and I and I love that in terms of continuity. I love that it was this multi generation soup, right? Like yeah. there's something comforting about that. Uh, you know, and and you hear different cultures do stuff like that, right? They just keep a bot a pot going on the stove and just keep adding to it. And I, I think it adds like a richness of flavor, right? Because although you're adding new stuff, you've still got the old stuff that's been sitting there stewing for however long. And the fact that that's kind of what he did, is just fascinating. I can't even imagine. I wonder what it tasted like. I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) We'll have to get Christy on for a detailed debrief of of the soup. I like that. Uh, How was your kimchi soup? What went in there? Can you talk a little bit, Karen, about that? We've touched on it already, but just the this general idea of the off strip and off, uh, I guess, off Fremont, I suppose, off downtown dining scene. Yeah. The more I explore, the more I love it. And there's it, the way I try to explain it pe- to people who don't visit Vegas that regularly is, you know, on the strip, you have this collection of multi-billion dollar resorts and they have mm-hmm. big budgets, obviously. They bring in yep. named chefs. And then you have a lot of chefs who, who sort of grow up and cut their teeth in that environment and learn how to cook brilliantly. And now they're leaving the strip and opening their own places. So yeah. any thoughts to share on that that scene generally? And I, I would guess that's where locals tend to spend a lot of their time and their and their dining budgets. Yeah. it. it you know what's... Um... I had this realization a couple of years ago after moving out here is exactly what we said. The strip has these famous celebrity chefs, high end restaurants. They have a gazillion dollar budget to build these out. What I find interesting is that, you know, these big celebrity chefs, they're not the ones cooking. Um, They usually bring in their right hand people, whether it's from New York or LA or Chicago to come out here and and run things for them. And I think what what tends to happen is those right-hand people get out here and realize, wait a minute, I can afford to buy a house. Um, Right. Their working schedule here is different than it is in the bigger cities. So a lot of restaurants here are only open for dinner, which means you can sleep in, you can do stuff during the day, and actually kind of have a life. And then I think what happens rare, is that rare in the hospitality I, world. <laughs> it is. It really is. I mean, if you're, especially if you're open for lunch and dinner service, I mean, totally. the hours are crazy. But I, I think what happens is after a little while of doing that, while they, they like it, I think they get tired of not knowing if they're going to do a cover of a hundred people or 600 people, depending on whether or not there's a convention in town or what's going on. And I think what happens is a lot of those chefs then say, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Because here it's a lot more affordable to start your own restaurant, your own concept than it would be in a New York or L.A. or whatever. And, you know, the locals appreciate that. There's there's so many. It sounds crazy to just say I use Yelp, but I love Yelp. When I used to travel for work all the time, I go to a new place and Yelp was like, all right, where are we trying? Like you're looking up something new. And it's it's still a favorite of mine even here, depending on what side of town I'm on, if I haven't tried something before. And I, I think there's just, there's so many really good local one-off sort of spots that it's, you you can't go wrong. I mean, I very rarely run into anything bad out here, which is kind of awesome. Which is, yeah, <laughs> lovely. Well, let's move now. We're going to come back toward the strip a little bit with our next guest. 
Yeah, I can't. well, let's let's just play the clip because <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> about this place and to talk to you about this place. But our next yes. guest is is Louis Victor, also a podcaster. And Louis's got what sounds to me, honestly, like the dream job or dream series of jobs. She's a chef. She's a recipe mm-hmm. developer. She's a food photographer. Her photography is incredible and she connects with incredible people and chefs and and is always posting these pictures of of, of beautiful food and beautiful photos so when she was on my show actually i asked her if she was in need of an assistant but i haven't heard yet so (laughs) louis my emails is open um and she's also (laughs) one half of two sharp chefs and a microphone uh, along with lorraine moss another great podcast based in vegas but let's hear from louis Hi, Graham. This is Louis Victor, co-host of Two Sharp Chefs at a Microphone. And I'm here to leaving you a message to let you know of my most unique dining experience here in Vegas. And I'm going to have to go with Bizarre Meats on this one. And I'm not just endorsing them because I used to be a part of the team. So I know what really goes on in there. But I really want to let everybody know that there is a certain magic that happens in that room. And it starts with the freshest and greatest ingredients that you can ever get your hands on. Handled by the most talented chefs that I've ever worked with. And the amazing hospitality from the front of the house staff. Superb. So it's like dining in Jose's house, but with a Vegas flair. So it's part dining, part learning experience, part flavor meltdown, part food show because they bring a lot of stuff to your table and they present it to you. And it's such a unique experience I really would recommend to everyone. And currently, there's only one Bazaar Meats in the world, and it's in Vegas. So the menu items are large format. Their steaks are large format. They're like two pounds, and they're meant to be shared. So it's a perfect place to bring friends and family and make food memories in. I recommend journeying through the menu by like trying other small items, such as like a cotton candy foie gras, such a unique pairing, and it, the flavors will shock you. There's the jamon and definitely the smoked oysters that you must have. There's really so much to see and take in Bizarre Meats when you watch the chefs preparing the food right before your very eyes. And there's something really mesmerizing about like having your steak cooked in a big, roaring, wood fire grill up front it's just purely amazing all in all it's a great place to make wonderful food memories in so visit them i know they're open on the weekends right now and uh yeah say hello to the team for me so bizarre meat in the sahara and the sahara is now again the sahara right it was the sahara then it was sls now it's sahara now it's Sahara again. Yes. Now it's the Sahara again. And I thank have goodness. not thank it. Yeah, <laughs> it, SLS, should, it should be the Sahara. SLS yes. is a bad didn't, idea. Bad didn't idea. quite fit. So I have not been, of course, I, I know of Chef Jose Andres. Can't wait to go. And anyway, over to you, please, as somebody who's <laughs> now bumbling along trying to think of something to say, which, and I can't beyond, I really want to go, especially having heard Louis's uh, description oh. of what goes on there. Yes. You know, I love the fact that although she worked there, this is her favorite place. This Bizarre Meat is probably my favorite restaurant. Actually, it is my favorite restaurant, hands down. It's such a unique setting and the food is so inventive. And in, in typical, 
you know, chef Andreas kind of style, the food is, is really simple. Most of the dishes there only have three, maybe four ingredients. They're so good. It's, it's just, and I've eaten, um, so I had the chance to do a tasting menu at like a chef's tasting at Bazaar Meat. And I've also had a chance to do a at Haleo, yes. um, which is his, you know, chef's table there. I almost hate to say this. I would do Bazaar Meat again before I would do a, okay. because it, and a, a was phenomenal. It was an experience. It was incredible. But, but it's it's more the like the I'm going <laughs> to use a very technical term the fancy pants um, yes molecular gastronomy like 22 courses that kind of thing right? yeah it, and it was it was phenomenal I mean probably the best grilled cheese I ever had that was not grilled cheese at all uh, it looked like it it didn't taste like it but it was delicious um, wow but no I just bizarre meat just has the way he puts flavors together is just incredible so yeah if you've never been I'm sorry um, you need to <laughs> go. Yes, we'll sort that out in December. <laughs> and I see this is where I put in a shameless plug. I am great at being a tag along diner. Um, okay, if you don't if you don't mind a third wheel, I am more than happy to be one. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to be a guide. Like I could point out certain things that you have to try. So yes. um, just okay. keep that in mind when you're out here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Well, and it sounds like we've got to try the cotton candy foie gras, which I admit oh. sounds oh. so strange to me. But yes, that, it appears it, it, that you are agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it sounds really strange. Um, yeah. But it is so so good. Good. It, it's just this wonderful and i i always say that i'm not like a savory sweet combo kind of person I, apparently it just needs to be the right kind of savory sweet because that it, it's i'm not a cotton candy fan uh, yep. i do like foie gras but yeah. this it's literally this almost frozen chunk of foie gras that they have been mm. wrapped in cotton candy and you okay. literally take it all in one bite oh my god it's so good so it's so good, good. okay it's so good. Yeah. I wish. So I will say this. They had a dish pre pandemic that they have not brought back yet that I'm just crushed by. And that's the full waffle. So it is a foie gras waffle. <laughs> so okay. it, it's, it's a little, it's a waffle that has like a foie gras mousse in the middle of it. And it's got honey and peanut butter. And it is just <laughs> the most decadent, wonderful thing you've ever had. And they haven't brought it back yet. And I'm crushed. Every time I go in, I'm like, is it back? Is Are you going to bring it back? It I really, I really need to, need you to bring this back. It's so good. Oh. So good. And again, flavor combinations. I would not, this is why I am not yeah. a uh, famous chef on the Las Vegas Strip. Right. Uh, be, like, I, would I, not I don't design menus. Yeah. No. Yeah. I never would have either. And the first time I have to thank my friend Alistair because he took me to Bizarre Meat for the first time. He'd been there a couple of times and he's like, you have to try this. And I'm like, this sounds awful. <laughs> like peanut butter, honey, foie gras, mm-hmm. and waffle. Mm, no. And it, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. So, yeah. All right. We're going <laughs> to go. <laughs> but... Before we do, let us hear from our next guest. This is uh, Louis' podcasting partner, Lorraine Moss. Lorraine is also a chef, worked with Louis on the opening of Bizarre Meat, mm-hmm. uh, and also a journalist. This is really interesting, as we're going to hear in the clip, she has combined, or, or done, I suppose, a couple of careers, and now combines them because she does food writing. So she's been uh, a television journalist. She has worked as a chef. 
which I, for me, having dabbled in a in a couple of careers, including cooking, I find that fascinating and reaffirming somehow. That's <laughs> comforted <laughs> that other people do these things. Yes. And, um, so let's hear from chef and journalist Lorraine Moss. Hello, Lorraine Moss here, professional chef, journalist, and co-host of Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone podcast. Well. How did I end up here in Las Vegas? It was a very wavy route to get here. I started originally as a television news journalist. I got a job at Fox 5 Las Vegas, the local Fox affiliate here in Las Vegas. Started as a reporter and ended up being the weekend anchor. Loved it so much and loved the city so much that I stayed for almost seven years before I moved on. As the news business goes, you move from city to city until you get to a big market. And San Francisco is a very big market. It is where I'm from, my hometown. So it was a really big deal for me to move back there. Loved it for a short period of time and then hated it. I was supposed to be really happy because I was back home and I was in a big market making really good money. But instead, I was just disillusioned by having to be with people at the worst times in their lives and ask them about it. It was very uncomfortable to me. I had a hard time compartmentalizing the way many amazing journalists do. Uh, Always love the writing aspect of it and still do. So that's why I also do food writing now. So I saw the chance to quit the business. My husband got a job here back in Vegas. I moved back with him here and started culinary school, quit the journalism business. Loved culinary school, ended up working in a restaurant at the same time while I was uh, finishing culinary school. Really found my calling, telling a story through food after telling, you know, all these, a lot of negative stories in my journalism career, was telling a happy, uh, fulfilling story with food. So that's how I ended up in Las Vegas, and that's how I'm back here in Las Vegas. My favorite Vegas restaurant, well, that's like, picking my favorite child, picking my favorite dog. It's nearly impossible. I will say that I love French food. I especially love going to a French restaurant because it's perfect, you know? And when I speak about perfection, um, I'm specifically talking about Joelle Robichon. My favorite restaurant here is not open at this time, L'Atelier de Joelle Robichon, uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, I'm hearing that they are going to reopen. Cross your fingers. Let's hope that happens because it's one of the best restaurants in the world by the chef of the century. It's just perfect, you know, from soup to nuts, as they say. Perfect food, sexy ambiance beautiful plating. I love to sit at the counter at L'Atelier and watch the cooks as they do their magic. My favorite Vegas dining experience. I'm quite biased. Of course, I love Chef Jose Andres. I helped open. I was on the opening team as a cook for Bizarre Meat by Jose Andres at the Sahara. At the time, it was SLS. They really care about what they do. They know their farmers. They know their breeds. Uh, they have an amazing education program there for cooks who move up through the ranks. And that's what I did there. Dining there is just a whole other experience. And it's not just because I know about the process and, and everything behind it. It's because the experience is just as much, just as fabulous as the actual food is. They take you on a journey. They tell you a story from start to finish in your meal about the purveyors, um, about quality, about sustainability. 
And Chef Jose Andres is a living legend. He's a humanitarian and he is an inspiration to so many professional cooks like me. You can reach me at Chef Lorraine on Instagram, at Lorraine Chef on Twitter. Of course, on the podcast, Two Sharp Chefs in the Microphone, please subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast app. And you can go check out my cooking videos, my blog, and just a little bit more about my life at fromchefwithlove.com. That's my website, fromchefwithlove.com. Cheers. So nice talking with you. Karen, my first question, having heard Lorraine's clip, is what is it about hospitality that leads to these transitions into the into the field, out of the field, back into the field? It's, to state the obvious, a really hard industry, but yeah. there's clearly something about it that keeps bringing people back. What, what <laughs> is, what's going on? Well, and I, I can only speak for me. Um, for me, it's not necessarily hospitality. For me, it's about food. I, I've said this before, food is my hobby, whether it's eating it, cooking it. I just, I find cooking very therapeutic and there's, I don't know if there's anything more satisfying than when you make something for somebody to eat and they're just happy and love it. And I I don't know, for me, it's, it's more about the food than it is the whole hospitality industry because hospitality in general is a thankless. Um, yeah, it, it's it's brutal dealing with the public all the time like that. But if it's something that you love doing, you're going to come back to it. So when I think about, you know, how people cross over from whatever, I mean, I'm an accountant by trade. I mean, I'm a numbers person, which you would think that I'd be a really great baker then. Right. Yeah, exactly. Precise. I, yeah. No, I, I don't. I love the the fun and the freedom of cooking. So there's a huge difference between like cooking and baking, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And for me, cooking is more fun because it's more forgiving. It's more playful. Yep, absolutely. It's, it, it's, you can try a lot of different things. And, you know, if you get a little too salty on one side, well, it's hard to come back from being too salty. But if it's too sweet, you can figure out how to balance it out. There's, there's a lot of room to play in it, which for me, again, the food is the the comforting factor of it. And I think that's why, I mean... You have to eat, right? So you, got, why not? you might as well. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Why not eat something fun and delicious and, you know, versus just, which is funny because my, my husband actually is, if they ever came out with like food in a pill form, uh, he, he would be the first person. Yes. Yeah. He, he eats because he has to, which to me is just so weird. It just does not make sense. I know. Yeah. I, I know. I've got, I've got a good, <laughs> good friend like that too. He said if, if they would come out with pill, he became a vegan because... Um, his wife became a vegan and that's what the food was in the house. And he was, it made no difference to him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> I asked, in fact, I stopped by their house one day, he was frying something in a pan and it was, I knew it was vegan. It looked like uh, chicken fingers, but I knew it would be a vegan alternative. And I said, what yeah. is that? And his answer was lunch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I, right. I, mean, I, I feel bad for people that just eat to eat. Like yeah. eating is, yeah. is such a, it, it can be a communal experience. It can be such a indulgent experience. It's, I, I don't know. When you talk about people coming back to it, to me, it's about yeah. food. If, if you yeah. didn't have a good food experience and think about it, if you, you go to a restaurant and you have a, an awful experience there, you're not very likely to go back. Right. Absolutely. But if you have just a tremendous experience and you've, you've tasted things that you haven't before and it's, it becomes this whole 
experience kind of thing. You're going to go back. Yes. And, and, and that's, I, I think you're exactly right. And it's, it resonates with one of the points that, that Lorraine made that at about bizarre meat, it's delicious food, but more than that, they're telling you a story with it. Yeah. Right? They're, they're creating an experience. And I, I will say this, the, the staff at Bizarre Meat, so, so when we went to do, when, when I did the chef's tasting there, it's not on the menu. It's not a special side menu that they had and brought in. The waiter literally, because we told him, we're like, well, we've been looking at these tasting menus, but there's, it's not something, we're missing this and we're missing that. And he was like, I got you. And he just started writing down Right. I'll bring like, you this, well, I'll bring you this, I'll bring you this. And we're like, yes, 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 yes. yes. And it, they, they know, they know the food, they know what they're doing, which so many places you go, even the high end spots, you know, the staff isn't that educated and that knowledgeable about the food and, and the staff at Bizarre Meat is, they know what they're yeah. doing. They know what they have. They know how to create and craft a menu for you as an individual. So that's probably the other thing that I would say. If, if you're feeling adventurous, just go to Bizarre Meat. Uh, and it's, and it's like them, an omakase kind of thing, right? Yes. Just yep. feed me. Yeah, feed me. And yeah. they'll they'll bring you the best stuff. Right. So, okay. All right. Gushing about Bizarre Meat again. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I have a feeling I will be too in come December, fingers crossed. But let's go now to our fourth and final clip. Again, podcasters, again, friends. These two are Kelly and Julian from the Vegas Confessions podcast. And of course, like, how could we not end with this clip? Right. So, I know. It's so, it's so great. <laughs> I think in his cover email sending the clip in, Julian did make some sort of apology. And I was like, don't worry about it, man. This is <laughs> for, the, for the one joke that will people will know. You'll know it when you hear it. Julian is a chef. And of course, both Julian and Kelly love Vegas. They live yeah. in California, I think. Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, but they, they love Vegas. They love gambling. Julian kindly has been on Chef Timoni in the past. And I'm super glad that both he and Kelly participated with this very amusing clip. All right, babe. So we were asked by our friends over at the Chef Demoni and Faces and Aces podcast to talk some food for about five minutes. And, you know, anytime we can talk about Vegas, that's always exciting. Always. So it was funny because we kind of went through the notes the other day and we had a talk amongst ourselves and we were like, well, what's our number one spot? If it would can be considered fine dining, right? a, a, a must visit and to actually take time and chill. And my problem was, is I was so go mode that day. It was my birthday a few years ago and you wanted to use your, it was your Caesars. Yeah. Caesars voucher. rewards. Yeah. yeah or the dinner you get every year. So, and it was really impressive. The food was great. It was just, I don't think you mentioned the, the place yet. No, we haven't, okay. but I, I just, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to focus on how important it is to just enjoy the moment and just, the view and everything about which is it. hard for us because yes, wow. on our trips to Vegas, which are not as often as we would like, mm-hmm. we're always like, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. We aren't really the casual, Hey, just hang out people. I love to gamble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I could literally, <laughs> if I had unlimited means, I would be on the casino floor like 20 hours a day and then go take a four hour nap. Yes. So to do other things, you know, you've really pulled me the last few trips to try different experiences, sit down restaurants. I mean, right. you know, we're talking to people that are content with McDonald's breakfast yes. in the morning and coffee and orange juice. <laughs> which we are. Which we are. Yeah. But we also 
have strived to explore even off strip downtown other places and see what Vegas has to offer. And Vegas has tons to offer. So let's, let's say the place on three at the same time. But again, it, for us, it was our number one spot considered for fine dining dining spot. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to mention some other spots in a minute that, you know, can be an only Vegas meal, but let's say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Giadas. And it's surprising because we've never actually sat down and said, Hey, this is our number one fine dining spot. And for me, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'll, I'll preface it by saying I'm not a filet mignon or yeah. seafood gal. Yeah. So, I mean, pasta, pasta entices me. Meatballs entice you. Oh, hey, sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's such an ass sometimes. But um, those are more things that are on my palate yeah. that that are pleasing to me. I'm an appetizer t- type yeah. of girl, so if a place has great appetizers, that's a hook for me. Right. For some people who that are truly like steak people, yeah. I'm sure you know you're going to get the Guy Fieri and right. you know the, you're going to get the Gordon Ramsays. Right. You're going to get those places. For us, Giada was a perfect pick yeah. to spend our reward dollars. Right. And it was beneficial. We had the reward money, so we wanted to use it towards that because we did. We had an issue finding a spot to use it because we didn't want to sit in forever at Gordon Ramsay. So we said, hey, let's just go across the streets to Giada's. And right. I'm glad we did. So they also mentioned a little bit of the background. My background, guys, is I've been a chef for now about 15 years. I've been in multiple food scenes here in the central California area and worked with multiple restaurants. So food is obviously my thing. My wife, like she said, likes to gamble. So when we go to Vegas, we have a mixture of gambling, which we both love to do. Don't get me wrong. And eating. I think we both love to do that. So, I mean, visiting new places and getting a one of a kind meal is a lot of the times a big deal for us and recording it and making videos and having something to report back on the podcast too. So I'm going to mention a couple noteworthy spots that can be a Vegas only. And the first one would be my number one favorite is Ellis Island's chicken fried chicken. Now everybody's heard of chicken fried steak. And if you don't know what chicken fried steak is, a little rundown of it, it's a beef. And it's tenderized, flattened, battered, and fried. What Alice Island does is that, but with chicken. And it's so much better. The gravy, everything everything works well together. And another one would be the Fortress over at Jesse Ray's Barbecue, which I recently just had. Now, the Vegas Knights, the hockey team of Las Vegas, plays inside the Fortress. Therefore, this place at Jesse Ray's, they decided to make an homage of food towards it and it's a rack of ribs wrapped up, and inside is stuffed with their version of what they call the maniac fries, hot links, pulled pork, mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese, you name it. Wait, okay. they're, they're not done. What happened? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Wait, so, wait, you need to extend it. He had more to say. I was, they, they, I was clearly had, they clearly had more to say. The subscription I got, to, literally the subscription I got to that call-in software had yeah. a five-minute limit on it. So I've got to pay up for the unlimited version. Oh, I just, I honestly, like, I want to hear the rest of what he had to say. It, didn't he say he had, like, three favorites and only got to one? And I, only I, got to one. Yeah, I know. So, 
I don't know. We're gonna we'll we'll do a we're gonna have to do a follow up episode. That's okay. There you go. See <laughs> where we we need I, to hear two and three. We only heard one. We need only the rest heard of what <laughs> exactly? I where to start? I let me just say I love how much they love Vegas. How much they love what they're doing. Those two just they have such a good time. It's it's always fun to listen to them. For you know, sure. And, and now to Vegas. see them on YouTube and, yeah. and see what they're doing. It's it's just <laughs> great. Um, well, I'll, I'll pick a few things from their clip. One is Kelly's comment about loving appetizers and loving that style of dining. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, whether it's you, you call it app and I, there are probably technical differences, but appetizers or share plates or tapas style dining, any go to spots in Vegas for that kind of dining? Well, so I, I too love small plates and I love sharing food. So, so for me, anytime I have a chance to go with friends that are willing to share, I I love to try a lot of different things and I don't need much of it. I just want to try a little bit of everything. So I'm right with her on that. Tapas is one of my favorites, obviously, um, actually bizarre meat, not to talk about (laughs) them again, but even Haleo because Haleo is a traditional tapas spot. Firefly, actually, and I know it's had an up and down history over the years, is delicious. It's a, another favorite tapas spot. There's one I, that I, I have. Know it. Where where is Firefly? Firefly. So it's off the strip. It's on. They have a location on Paradise. Okay. Um, they've also opened a second location on the southwest side of town. Um, two very different. Like the one on Paradise is almost like your old school. It's kind of a dark heavy velvet. I don't want to call it a steakhouse vibe, but it, it's a very like rich old school kind of feeling to it. Whereas their location on the Southwest side of town is light and airy and open the same menu. It just yep. two very different feels yeah. to it. Okay. But again, traditional Spanish style tapas, which is awesome. There is another spot here in town that I've been dying to try. I haven't gotten there yet. And it's uh EDO tapas or Edo yeah. tapas. I'm not sure. I've heard right actually it. Louie mentioned that when, yeah. when she and Lorraine were, were on Chef Timoni. Yeah. And I've started following them on Instagram. It looks amazing. Yes. The food looks awesome and I haven't been there yet, but yeah, any, any place where you can get, you know, little small plates of, of stuff is a fan favorite for me. So I'm right with Kelly on that one. Right. Have you been to Giada? I have not. I have. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. Pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. <laughs> Pre and post. Okay. And yes. I think I'm right. Giada is in the Cromwell, right? It is. Yeah. It, it's got some incredible views because it's on one side, you can look out and see Caesars. On the other side, you can see Bellagio. Then you can see the Bally's Marketplace, which you don't really need to look at that. Don't but really yeah. need to see? Okay. Yeah. No. But no, it's 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 a really cool location and the food is great. I'm not, um, obviously it's Italian, but I'm not a huge like red sauce kind of person. So when they have, you know, just mounds of spaghetti and a right. tomato sauce, I'm not a fan of that. She does a lot of non, and I, I know it's a type of Italian cuisine. I forget if it's coastal, whatever, but it's, it's really good. It, it It's worth it. I, I agree with them. If you're looking for a fine dining spot, it's a really good place to go. Okay. Interesting. I've spent <laughs> add it a to little your list. bit of time. Yeah. Add it to, I know, right? Back on the list. I had uh, in when the Cromwell was, I don't know if you ever went to it back in the day when it was not not even Bill's Gambling Hall, but one iteration before that when it was Barbary, Barbary Coast. Barbary Coast. Yeah. And they had, I used to go on this uh, fairly regular uh, trip, Vegas trip with some friends from work. 
And we would always start because we would tend to land the flight from Vancouver would land at about midnight in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we would go to the Barbary Coast and go to the Victorian room. Yeah. Which was, I think it's now a cocktail bar at the far end of the the casino. Yeah. Bound. That's right. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was this great quirky Chinese slash Western cuisine place that you could get the full menu 24 hours a day. It was, it was not fine dining, but wow, was it, (laughs) wow, was it fun. Yeah, no, it was. It, it's amazing when you look at what Cromwell is now versus what it was. I'll tell you, that's that's a renovation done right because it's <laughs> yes. it's nothing. We actually stayed at the Cromwell actually when it was Bill's Gambling Hall, and we got a suite. Okay. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> how we did making it. Air quotes here. Suite <laughs> yeah. in air quotes. The room was huge, but it was so like 80s decor dated a lot of black and reds and it had a hot tub that like the the enamel finish was peeling off that it it was so not what it is now i mean we've stayed there since it's been it's cromwell and and the rooms are really nice they've done a great job with it but yeah it's uh I'm glad they didn't implode it. I don't know what else they would have put there. So I'm glad they did what they did with it. Yeah, totally. And I've loved playing craps there. We went one on one trip and my wife, who does not gamble at all and has no interest (laughs) in it, but the the crew, the dealers at this craps table were so great. And I guess it was quiet enough or whatever. And they said, well, why don't you roll the dice? I'm not sure if this is technically allowed, but they let her throw the dice for my bets. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the uh, mythology seems to be true. Beginners have good luck. So she <laughs> did really well. And we, we didn't have a lot of time because we were on our way to see Elton John in the Coliseum. Oh, nice. I saw that show. We, the, the Red oh, Piano? So, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was so good, right? So. You know, he's, he can't hit the high notes like he used to, but he's still no. entertaining as could yeah. be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we loved it. And so we were actually up just before the show and the dealers were like, ah, you got to go. But look, you paid for your Elton John tickets. So, <laughs> so that was great. And then the next morning, I had had such a good experience. My wife was having a little bit of a sleep in. So I went back to the Cromwell. It was the same crew or at least some members of the same crew oh were on gosh. the same table. Yeah. So I don't know if they had just started when we went in the night. Any, anyway. Maybe they were they, just ending, went home and slept, just, and then came back, hopefully. Came back. Otherwise, that's a long shift. <laughs> that would be a Yeah, exactly. So um, they were disappointed. The, the quote that sticks in my mind is, where's that Canadian girl? I'm like, oh God, I'm the one. I'm the one with the chips here. Anyway, it was my money. Come on. Yeah, was she, was, she was the one that was winning. That's all. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as it turned out, I went back to, of course, to give it all back. But anyway, well, that is, yeah. Welcome to Vegas. That's kind of what to, you do. That's right. It all comes out in the wash. Um, <laughs> Well, Karen, just just we, you've shared a couple already, but is there, are there any others? Can you you know the the call in clips were all about getting people to share their Vegas food experiences. Is there one more that you can tell us about that that stands out in your mind? So, so the one that stands out in my mind, and I do think this could only have happened in Vegas, was I actually had I met Chef uh, Morimoto. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm a huge fan of his. I used to watch the old school Iron Chef. Yes, you know, from Japan that was dubbed in English, and I've always been a fan of his. And obviously, when when he opened Morimoto out here, I had a chance to go do an omakase dining experience there, where they just bring you food out. It was incredible. But shortly after we moved out here, he did a pop up ramen in the bar lounge area of his restaurant. Now he's got a ramen shop, I think, in Hawaii and might have one in Philly as well. So I think he was kind of 
you know, testing the waters to see if it would work out here in Vegas. So of course it was like a weekend thing. It was only going on for three days. So, so I went down and mind you, I'd never actually had, and this is embarrassing to say like proper ramen. I, I grew up, I think like most Americans did with the, the, a hard oh, the, pack, dry the packet noodles. of dried yeah. noodles. Absolutely. Yes, Mr. Noodles. That was yeah. the ramen that I knew of in air quotes yeah. again. So I was super excited to go try it. So I just, I went down and I sat at the bar and I had, it, it was delicious and incredible. And I had a great time talking with the bartender. And as I, I got up to leave and turned around. And so the exits right ahead of me, like on my left is where you go into the main restaurant. And there's sort of a little wall there. And I, I happened to look over and there's a guy standing there in shorts and a button-down shirt with his hair pulled back in uh-huh. ponytail, and I'm like, "Wait a Holy second, shit, that's Morimoto." And I walked out, and I, I don't know if you, maybe it's not as big in, in Canada, but have you ever seen the movie A Christmas Story? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, so um, you, kid, you're gonna, sh- you're, you're gonna put your you eye shoot out. Your eye out. You yes. shoot your eye out. Yeah. So, so there's the part in the story where he goes to see Santa to tell him what he wants for Christmas, and he like freezes, right? He has a complete brain freeze, and his mental dialogue is saying, "Wake up, stupid! Wake up!" Right. And that's yes. that's what was going on in my head as I walked out of the restaurant. I'm like, "Stop it! He's right there. You have to go." What are you doing? Why are you leaving? <laughs> what are you doing? Turn around, dummy! So I turned around and I went back in and I, I said, "Excuse me," because he's still standing there. And I was like, "Are you Chef Morimoto?" And he looked at me and he said, "Nope." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay. Well, would you mind if I got a picture with you anyway?" And he said, "Sure." And so again, I'm getting my phone out and he said, "You know what? Too dark in here. Let's go up front. Better lighting." So he literally like moved me to the front of the restaurant so there's better lighting. And I got the picture. He and like after it was done, and I just said thank you very much, and I walked away. And it was one of those things. Again, only in Vegas. I'm walking out to the car and I'm literally having this like hyperventilating fangirl. Oh my God, it was more murder. It was more murder. It was more Yeah. So that's, uh, that's my, again, the food is awesome. Yeah. But that to me was like a Vegas restaurant experience because I don't know when, I mean, celebrity chefs aren't in their restaurants out here. Contractually, they have to be here. Right. You know, a, like a day a year or something. Right. Exactly. And just the, the fact that, Somebody that I've admired and the chance to actually eat his food and then have him there. Yeah, totally. That's that's my, my fangirl restaurant experience. <laughs> it's a great and I love that it's only in Vegas. I think you're right. Yeah. Like Vegas has this history, right? Like from the Copa room on forward, where you're actually closer to people than you would be in LA or New York or, oh, or yeah. anywhere else. Right? It's it's something about Vegas that you know, yes, it's, you can have these high end fancy experiences, but it's so comfortable. Yes. And I think people let their guard down out here more than they do in other places. So yeah, yeah. it's, that's, that's mine. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Listen, Karen, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Of this course. is so much fun. I love what you're doing. And again, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, I love anytime somebody's talking about food, and about Vegas. Those are two things that I, I love to mix. So thank you for what you're doing. Of course. Absolutely. And fingers crossed, we will see you in December. I hope so. Let's get those borders back open. Y'all need to come back down here and, and have a good time. <laughs> Agreed. Yes, fingers crossed for safe and easy travel later this year. Come on, Vegas Christmas 2021. Karen, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your thoughts on a food scene and a city that we both love. That was a lot of fun. Can't wait to meet you in real life and, of course, to go to Bazaar at the Sahara. 
thanks again to Chris as well from Faces and Aces Las Vegas. Chris really was instrumental in getting this episode concept up and running and in reaching out to guests and, of course, in connecting me to Karen. And Chris, I really appreciate all that you did to make this episode possible. Remember, some clips were recorded some time ago, so check in with restaurants to see what their hours are now and, of course, what their current COVID protocols are. Well then... Here we are at the end of season four. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I'm already looking forward to season five. And please remember, you can get in touch with me directly if you've got a comment for the show, a question, perhaps a guest suggestion, or a topic idea. Do get in touch. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Cheftimony. On LinkedIn, you will find me under Graham McLennan. Or you can always send me an email, and those go to graham at Cheftimony.com. Oh, and ratings and reviews. Please leave them. Apple Podcasts is the best spot, but anywhere would be appreciated. Now, if you want to leave a review but don't know how, get in touch. I'll walk you through it. Thanks for considering that. This is it then. Season four of the Cheftimony podcast is done. I'm Graham McLennan, and I'll see you this fall for season five, right here on Cheftimony. <laughs>